Welcome to your favorite YouTube channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Kayfabe-tober is upon us. These are your drawing prompts, and as we are winding down this month, do not lose your resolve. Tag us in your images, at us in your images, send them to us uh, on, on the DMs, slide into our DMs with your, with your drawings, and uh, we'll signal boost as many of these as possible. Thank you guys so much for participating. We are a daily YouTube channel, and there are more than 1,500 videos in our filmography as we speak. Hit the little search box, the magnifying glass on the front page of the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Search for your favorite comics, no matter how obscure, and uh, ch check out those episodes. We thank you guys who have been doing that because we, we began some great comments on some videos that we haven't gotten comments on in a long, long time. And uh, we are supported by uh, a lot of vectors but one of those is the K cartoonist kayfabe patreon and the king kayfabers on the patreon right now are hanging out with us in a live stream recording session watching us record these videos in real time plus they get all videos before anybody else as well as the queue of videos that jimmy and i develop we, we shoot one extra every week and there are at least 25 videos in our back catalog uh, that, that, are, that are sort of waiting to be released to Gen Pop. King K Fabers have those, so they're going to be able to enjoy those videos before you and scoop up those comics that may or may not be out of print. Now, without further ado, we're going to take a look at Swamp Thing 53 by Alan Moore, uh, John Toddlebin. And this is the Swamp Thing comic that, that kind of changes the course of, of the narrative. Uh, it becomes uh, probably the first time I heard the term gothic horror uh, as, a, as a young boy was in relation to the first half of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing run. He did all he could. He did the werewolves. He did the vampires. You know, he did that little uh, weird voodoo guy that has his hand sewn into his back. <laughs> so now it's going to become a science fiction comic after this issue. And uh, this, is, this is how we get there. Swamp Thing goes to Gotham. The pages within this comic, Jimmy, it's so funny, dude, because like it was it was nothing to take for granted in the early days of the World Wide Web when comic shit started showing up and when actual cartoonists would have web pages and things. And you got to think you got to remember that like there were businesses that popped up, people who knew HTML that could that could um, commission a ten thousand dollars per web page because it was that specialized, it was that new. And so there was Comic-Con.com, Rick Veach, Capital Venture, I think maybe Steve Conley helped out, maybe even the early days came in a little bit later. But so within the portal of Comic-Con.com, and, and, and the idea was that it was a digital comic convention. You would see a top-down map of a convention floor, and then there would be these booths. So you could click on the Tim Truman booth, and then it would be a singular page where Tim Truman could do whatever he wants. That's an example, because I don't remember Tim, but I do remember John Toddlebin had a booth. It was like all the QBs, right? John Toddlebin had a booth. And what these guys would do, they would sell pages very often. And Toddlebin had pages for this comic here. The key ones, the big splash page with, with, with this one, $700. What do you think that's worth now? Man? I can't even imagine. Easily I, another zero. Five figures for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and he was very adamant, do not negotiate with me. This is the price. Cost you 600 bucks for this page or that page. And you know, not all original art is created equally. Toddlebin's a guy, man. If you could have an original page, that'd be something special. Totally, man. Uh, he's, 
you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of reasons for that. Not only is it great, but macular degeneration, that's no secret. There's not going to be a, a million more Tottenham pages that are out there. So there's a finite amount for sure. Supply and demand. Is he inking this weird mosaic effect? Do you think? I don't. That's his heavy to thin lines. Yeah. I, I no, I don't think it is. Cause like when he does the heavy to thins, it's, uh, it's this where, you know, there's a hand to it, but there are a lot of different screens that can be run in photostats and maybe the line screen is a thing. Now let's sell the people on how we got to this place, man. <laughs> and this is the kind of shit where like, whenever a comic was considered like, you know, a higher level and I would find it and read it. And then I would give it to my mom and say, mom, this is the next level. Cause she was a big reader Yeah. and she would read the shit and fucking laugh. And I would be, be <laughs> so hurt. So Swamp Thing got caught with Abby Cable kissing and making out and stuff. And a, and a photographer snapped the pic. So it's like, there's not a law in the books for what she did. That's obscene or uh, an act against God, but she's fucking vegetables. <laughs> and she and she's in she's in Gotham City jail and Swamp Thing is not happy about that. They need to like they need to figure out a, a crime to charge this. Fortunus Kayfabe is brought to you by the books that we make. The hip hop family tree omnibus is out sooner than later. It's gonna be in your stores, but it's not gonna be there for long. Scoop it up. X-Men Grand Design Trilogy trade paperback coming to you in November. There are two trade paperbacks of Red Room out there right now. Trigger Warnings and the Anti-Social Network with Crypto Killers trade paperback coming to you in January. Jimmy has a few copies of Hulk Grand Design at stores right now, but it is sold out at the publisher level. So if you see it, scoop it up. Jimmy's going to be having a big sale October 26th with a bunch of self-published stuff, including including True Crime Funnies, the 1986 zine that has been available nowhere. Uh, so this will be the first time you get your hands on it and the BW zine. And of course, Final Order Cutoff is coming soon for Street Angel Princess of Poverty trade paperback, which is going to collect all of Jimmy's Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel Dead girl alive which you also should have on your racks right now or get it now that we're done paying the bills back to the video so she is a prisoner and swamp thing has wrecked shop man he is taking over gotham city with the green uh if you don't if you don't maintain a property man for too long like nature will take over yeah you can see youtube videos of these towns that like they lost their trade route or whatever and it's like a generation before trees are growing through porches and houses and shit it there, does not take long at all there is this little place this little town geneva on the lake ohio that that we would travel to when we were kids just kind of like a little little town lost in time but on the way there we would take this kind of back route and uh you would come to the iron, you would drive past the iron gate that said Mike Tyson on it. And far off in the back, he had a big estate. And you could find flick, flicker pages where people have, have gone into that place. It's, I think a ch church owns it now. It went into the Riz's hands and then 50 Cent bought it and then sold it to a church. Uh, but there was a time when, when it was down, like bet between Tyson and Riza. And uh, there's a giant pool and fucking jungle grew up through the pool man yes it does not take long it's so cool to see Tottlebin playing with superhero tropes because because you, you you don't see it that much really no and the fact that it's like a hallmark important character like a batman we get to see what his with his burke looks like 
and what his uh, Commissioner Gordon looks like and what his cool vehicles like his like a little uh, Batmobile type stuff but things like this how do you even do it it looks like sponges and white media like there's a lot of stuff to to create the suggestion of the vegetation you know how else like are you going to draw every leaf uh, you know from a far distance like that I do you it baffles my mind how he's able to accomplish that kind of texture and, and clarity. Yeah, he's totally a one-on-one, and I feel like we're very lucky for the books that we have gotten that are like superhero books or really any books from him. You know, yeah. it, it's his approach to comic art is just very, very different than almost everybody else that's working for a Marvel and a DC. We're looking at uh, one of the great collaborations, of which there are very, very few great collaborations in the medium of mainstream comics. Uh, in order to be a great collaboration... The letterer and the colorist are a very important part of that soup as well. And we're looking at the credits. Alan Moore, John Tottleben, Karen Berger as editor, Tatiana Wood as colorist, and John Costanza as letterer. Uh, this is one of the finest collaborations that you're going to get in mainstream comics. Listen to the Steve Bissett shoot interview. I was just listening to it on a, on a walk uh, yesterday, and I listened to the entire uh, Swamp Thing portion. These guys were getting the lowest rates that DC had to offer, and it wasn't until Steve Bissett drew four pages of ambush bug and turned in his voucher, Julie Schwartz sits him up and says, what is this? He's like, that's my rate. He said it was, Steve Bissett said it was uh, one-third of what these other guys get paid. Wow. Um, one of my first conversations with Steve Bissett whenever I, whenever I had dinner with him was talking about Swamp Thing and, and how great it was, and I love the lettering, Costanza's lettering, and he pointed out Tatiano's Woods coloring that would do like subtle things of like yellow border around this or that you know just like these little tiny subtle pieces but to your point as a collaborative team like bringing it like each person really adding something substantial to the finished page look at this mm -hmm. you know we see that there's just a subtlest of serpents with a very light green and a very light blue that you can easily not see on the newsprint page see it reasonably well in this in this uh in this trade you know what's interesting is it looks like they clean up the eyes a little bit maybe. yeah that is interesting i wonder if that's just a matter of this uh this paper it's really interesting to see those subtle differences between this paper and that because it's both uncoded that being newsprint the comic book and night and day the difference in the colors yeah with the same uh, with the same mixtures mm-hmm I always wonder, see, man, I would kill for an artist edition of uh, the Bissette, Tottlebin, Swamp Thing stuff to answer some questions about, like, when you're doing a serpent thing like this, is this completely drawn on a piece of vellum and then you just include it? Uh, it can't all be on the board. There's no way that you can delineate between this black line and the lines behind. So I just am curious about that part from a production standpoint. Uh, the potato, right? Like, there's a famous uh, during the I think it's called the American Gothic storyline where the or original trip sequence. Which, listening to the Steve Bissett piece again, uh, when she eats a potato off of us, one thing's back. There's a two-page spread, and then it slowly, even the lettering kind of like goes this way. That was Steve Bissett's contribution. It was not in the Alan Moore script, which I found uh, to to be super fascinating. I say it again and again. I don't want to say Alan Moore gets too much credit for Swamp Thing, but Bissett and Tottlebin together, as good as any art team in comics history, and married with the Alan Moore scripts, like, that is a spectacular...
spectacular special combination. And if you remove any of those three, it's a completely different thing. You know, Bisset and, and Tottlebin bring so much to that. Absolutely, man. So we've established the sweet potato in the past, and uh, here we have it right now. This guy's wondering, hey, what is that? Uh, it feels adventurous to just be eating shit off of, uh, you know, this crazy vegetation. Yeah, I think so. But this cop does look hungry. <laughs> A little bit, man. He's giving it a shot. Same camera angle. It's one of those great moves in comics, right? Same camera angle, but now we're seeing through through his vision, and uh, he's uh, he's tripping balls. Do man. Doesn't take take long for that to happen either. And again, look at the difference of just like slightly better paper, but what it does with that ink. You know, you see all that saturated yellow sitting on top of the page, as opposed to kind of fading into the newsprint yellow. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a weird bit eating that sweet potato. He's like, is this a sweet potato? Let me try it. Right. And if it was, you're going to break your tooth or something on a raw sweet potato. <laughs> know, right. And, and, uh, it, it is, a, it is a function of some later pieces where people are, are eating this stuff. They're tripping, they're creating economies and drug dealing off of it, but they're also dying yes. from, from, uh, uh, overindulgence of, uh, these drugs and stuff. So look at the pointillism that that uh, Tottlebin is bringing to that to Abby's face. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a little lost on the newsprint a bit, and I'm looking. I'm trying to see like maybe it's even a duotone. I don't think so. No, you think that's a uh, you think that that's uh, yeah, rapidograph? Yeah, uh, you know if it shows up better there, but no, that's a definitely lot of pointillism. Range. Yeah, that's definitely pointillism. It's it's just an artist that has. It's like he has tools that everybody else doesn't have. Yeah, you know it's interesting looking at it on. Uh, the separations are different. It's the same color mixtures and stuff, but we're getting, you know, magenta dots that are against the black dots and it's creating a weird um, mm, moray right. at, a, at a very small level. So they can talk to each other in the green uh, and they are kind of uh, telepathically in correspondence while she's in a pr she's in prison. But it's like uh, white collar jail. She's just kicking it with Burke like in, in some room, but they just have her in custody while they try to figure out what to charge her for. That feels very, um, that feels like, you know, law enforcement kind of 101 where it's like, we got you. Now we just got to figure out like how we, how we get to keep you. Yeah, it's true. The, the story does in some ways, like uh, as we get to the resolution, it'll become more apparent, but it does feel like it's kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, uh, on one hand, the crime, I don't know, you know, how serious we're going to take this crime. But you're fighting a god. Right. You know, like that line of like whatever line you cross that we're going to draw in the sand here. Man, I don't know. I, I feel like there would be mutiny among the citizens being like, give her back. I know. The hell with this. Didn't we trade like straight up full on like terrorists yes. who killed people for Brittany Griner? Yes. The WNBA player? Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty extreme in that regard in this story. Like Swamp Thing destroys Gotham City and... I don't know that it's coming back from what we see just already so far in this story. Right. Yeah, just wreaking havoc. When you see these blue kind of panels, you got some dudes in the cut. You got your like Lex Luthor operatives uh, coming up with schematics to figure out how to destroy uh, Swamp Thing. And Swamp Thing uh, very quickly becomes a folk hero. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, a lot of the people who are sort of you know, on the fringes who are kind of against authority anyhow, uh, are super into him and there's, and they celebrate him. I love it. Those guys are like, you figured this out and it's not even 10 minutes. And he says nine minutes and 15 seconds. I wanted to leave enough time to sign 
and mail my check. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very uh, good. Hunting. Lex Luthor-ish. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's great. It's, uh... I always wonder if this character is based on Steve Bissett. Like, I know what Steve Bissett has looked like for the past 30 years, but I don't know what he looked like for the past 40. And I could see him running around with some fringe. <laughs> sure. And certainly with that, with that, uh, the color is uh, dubious. You know, he's not a ginger, I don't think. But we have two characters that were previously established. Uh, this, the brunette fella, he's from the Nuke Face two, two issue arc. Uh, Tom and I covered that one. Uh, we have a Read More Comics, M O R E, comics playlist that uh, you could check out. And uh, it, it, we considered it to be, it's like the one character that uh, DC has not yet mined from uh, Al Alan Moore's uh, Pantheon. And he's just talking about how he dissed his old lady who, you know, who, who, who set off um, Geiger counters. And uh, this hippie dude, like, there's a conversation about, about those sweet potato things. And there's a great issue that comes maybe sometime after this where, where uh, they give those tubers to somebody who's dying of cancer. And that person gets like one great last kind of trip before they pass. It's a very beautiful comic. Man, looking at these spreads like on the newsprint, no comic looked like this. No. Really, really incredible. And, you know, going back to your call of an artist edition, like seeing these pages, they look almost like parts look photocopied. Like it's it's very amazing that there's so many marks on this page that just don't look like another comic absolutely and and i it, it boggles the mind it like does. like like how how do you do this john how, how do you make these marks and they're so perfect for what it is because the on the flip side you would have i don't know how would michael golden handle this he'd be drawing every twig yes or or brian balland who doesn't use whiteout like went by hand drawing every twig and every kind of thing but this f feels more organic you know no pun totally. intended and it just makes me think like all you dudes working in house styles look at the stuff that's just left on the table nobody's using any of these marks or tools or whatever there's a lot of language here from just an illustration standpoint that like why didn't we all incorporate some of these lessons isn't this the most badass bat vehicle to ever uh, be created yes and then we see that Batman's not as smart as uh, he likes to think he is because his first move is, I'm going to leave this super badass Batmobile and let me come out in my spandex. <laughs> Great image right here, man. Just in the, in the headlights. It's, it's, uh, it's Otomo-ish, you know? It's, a, it's the little boy in the headlights. Yeah. The, it's, it's, uh, it's so ominous. Wild, too, how... They got an actor to look like this exact guy. Like, those eyes are the eyes of that actor guy. Yeah. It really looks close. The ability to, to draw Swamp Thing like this is just phenomenal. This was a $700 page, by the way. This this was the one. That's a great page. That'd be an amazing page. Yeah, with all the uh, media used upon it. I would love to just... Just seeing that original would be cool. And I like to think that it's like... Um, What's some of that outlawed pesticide, man? It begins with a D. What? DDT. DDT. Yeah, he put he's like spraying him with some DDT. Yeah. And uh, this this guy, he's a part of the green. Like, there was the uh, Bernie Wrightson Swamp Thing issue that had Batman, and they talk about that. Oh, I've dealt with him before. That was when he thought he was a man and mm -hmm. was intellectually bound by 
the constrictions that you or I have. But Swamp Thing learned a couple of things, and he comes back in Multitude. That's fun. That's a fantastic page, too. And the Batman, uh-oh, and I think Batman looks really good in that face. But man, once, a, once a, an army of Swamp Things stand up around you, that is such bad news. Yeah, man. And then he just rocked the house. They just rocked the house on This is a double-sized issue. We're 15, 16 pages in, and I do think that the art style has changed a bit. I think I think maybe uh, Rick Veach has been called in. Like, I think that there's a, there's another hand or two. Yeah, could be. That's that's helping out here. And uh, another piece of the Beset shoot interview that we did on the channel, I encourage everybody to check it out. Uh, Jimmy, I don't know if you've seen it. Well, it's, it's got about 45,000 views as of this recording. It's a great. So, so people Beset's are in there. awesome. Uh, they did not, you know, working with Alan Moore, who was in Northampton, they did not, they only had snail mail. There was no FedEx. There was no overnighting. There was no speed delivery. And they had to get this comic done every four weeks. That's interesting. It's a little bit more autonomy on the part of the artists that are, you know, you're all remote. You can't instantly communicate, send an email and be like, is this okay? And it, it's kind of cool. Even the same thing with, uh, with Bassett and Tottlebin. Uh, Tottlebin, Erie, PA, Bassett, Vermont. Yeah. Batman swinging at uh, Swamp Thing, I just imagine it'd be like hitting a tree. Right. You know, like he should have busted up hands and all kind of problems from that. Here we How have about that would be a great page too. Yeah, that's a killer swamp. Swamp thing, thing is a folk hero, and then we go. This is that that little girl that puts the you know, the hippie chick that puts the little tulip inside of the gun barrel right here. That's 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 the page we have, where the the people of the city celebrate him, including that hippie guy who becomes a character. Like he becomes a character well into the Rick Veach's solo run and stuff. Yeah, and our story is that you know some of the people are coming around to Swamp Thing's side, and I think that there's some. Um, like this is an allegory in some ways, you know, this idea of whatever, fill in the blank of the combination of partners, but it feels like that's one of the celebrations coming out of this storyline in terms of Alan Moore and, and these ideas. Um, kind of an interesting use of like a superhero comic or a monster comic or a comic in general, you know, yeah. a genre comic to see how far you can push that. I think this is somebody that might be Len Wein. Yeah, that's always the fun fun thing. You're drawing a uh, group and put some some people in there, people you know, friends, inside jokes. We've we've been having um, the media on uh, throughout this whole comic. It's a, it's a it's a it's a constant theme. Uh, the John Tottlebin Bat Bat uh, Cave looks solid as fuck. Yeah, I don't see the giant penny or the uh, the T Rex anywhere. Totally functional looking. Yeah, get... and that Batmobile does look like a vehicle that, uh, that's an off-road vehicle. Totally. Kind of looks like an armadillo, too. It does. It, it doesn't look bat. like a bat. Right. It, like, like, I wasn't going to say, but you said it. Uh, but, you know, that's okay. Yeah, here's here's where we figure out exactly who this dude is. She got exposed by radiation when she was pregnant, ran out on her, couldn't take the guilt. She's had a stillborn. Uh, and I think she's very, okay, she's very, very sick. So is she the one that dies of the cancer? That that's just it's a great issue of uh, of Swan Thing that that is worth checking out. Where the 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 tubers are medicinal. I've I've said it before on the channel. Like when you figure out perspective, and then you learn that guess what? You have to start drawing backgrounds in your work. Uh, so you figure out the lines to make a table, or you figure out the lines to make even uh, a street scene. But then you have to develop marks to make it feel aged and used. 
And Tottlebin's taking it next level with by having the organics growing all over the stuff. And it does at times feel like a high contrast photo. I don't think it is. But he's able to like really sell you on these vegetation marks and the depth with close-up uh, foliage and stuff in the distance. There's a lot of lessons to learn in that. Yeah, and it's something if you go through Swamp Thing, you probably see he and Beset uh, evolve and, and develop that. Right. You know, how do we draw swamp vegetation and leaves and branches and bugs and all these things? And, you know, you, you can read comics one way where it's like, I just read it real fast. Right. But then you linger and you start to see, like, the little details of, like, these bugs that are swarming in. And it's just this amazing the job they do and I, I i know i keep saying it but i mean like comics do not really look like this how's that for a splash right there dude <laughs> that is a cool design man yes yeah it's really great and they build it with like rumbling is happening and stuff and they're trying to figure out what that is and it's redwoods totally growing fast and and it's you see the little stick stick men to give you the scale quick intimidation tactic and then like let the soul leave it and then it's just now a big husk in the middle of the city I did wonder, like, like what, what are the teeth? Like, what kind of, what kind of vegetation is <laughs> that? Do you think, man? <laughs> yeah, we need an anatomical breakdown. <laughs> yeah, I think he's using split hairbrushes on some of these tree textures, and very famously, uh, they said that Tottlebin had like, you know, the little kid pencil box that uh, you know we all had when we were small. It would have the little stem piece of a banana in there, and it would have several kinds of sponges and little rags and stuff. And it would be the rag wasn't wiping off your pen nib; the rag was making textures on the paper. That makes total sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. He goes for the pure black Batman, where there's very little uh, shine. Uh, of of the blue that shows up and that actually corresponded more with my th thoughts on batman you know certainly uh certainly influenced by the michael keaton movie i always wonder like what, what is that blue what is that blue i don't get it yeah i'm with you on that i like that this back uh set of pages you get it's the same motif right four panels kind of uh very vertical and then you get a kind of splash panel at the bottom to really sell you on a lot of stuff. Does not look easy to do. No, for sure. And the story, I, I do think the story has some weaknesses in the plot. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's coming up here where it's like, well, we got to let her go because otherwise Gotham's ruined. Right. Um, I knew that on page one. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And you're the world's greatest detective. Like, why did it take you this long to figure that part out? And I get it. It's a comic. You got to have some kind of story in there. But I think Batman comes across as pretty bad here, and the rest of Gotham's, uh, you know, police force and mayor even worse. Like, right. it's, it's like the Three Stooges are running Gotham. Right. And you know that whole part of Batman explaining, like, what about all these other people? And Superman's an alien. Right. You know, like all of these people or, or non-people, I guess, non-humans that are have human partners. What are we going to do with them? You're going to lock up Superman? Right. Again, I don't know why this doesn't occur to you when you wake up and you're living in a jungle. <laughs> <laughs> and do we know this character? Is he, is he a, uh, I got to call Fife. Got to hit Fife on the jack. Is this a villain that has been uh, explored thoroughly in the DC universe? It doesn't look like he's just uh, created for this. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that character. 
cautious uh, Swamp Thing manifests. And uh, there it is, man. The release of Abby Cable. And also, like, when she shows up, like, <laughs> every now and then you hear about, like, uh, people getting put in prison for, like, making videos with their dogs and shit like that. Like, does she ever want to be seen by the public ever again? Yeah, that that could be very fertile storytelling ground. Yeah. But there it is. There's the uh, the reunion of the vegetable and the girl. The Beauty and the Beast story, right, Jimmy? But you got your sniper up top with your Lex Luthor gun. Hey, you know what's hard to draw? These kinds of circles where you're doing like very fine in and out, like two lines for your circle. I mean, it's a compass. Like, like you're not using a template for that. You're right. Yeah, you're right. And and you have to learn that. So so you have to have the cleanest tech pens. And uh, and I've I've done a lot of that in in school. It's the weight of the pen nib because you cannot like you know when you use a pencil compass, the graphite immediately will draw. Like you could use a softer lead and it'll put a line real easy, and you just kind of like you have to have that same light hand which means that you could put no pressure on the pen because if you do, the quality of the line, it, 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 it gets fat, it gets skinny, you fuck up and you draw elsewhere. So this is an assignment at the Kubert School. Like there were times we had to draw like a, a bar of soap with bubbles and you had to use the, the, um, the compass. Well, that would suck. And the other thing that sucks is like, he's doing this like cool stuff where your backgrounds are going past those. Yeah. I don't think you could even clean that up with whiteout. No, it's you know, too like small. if you smudged or messed something up because they're perfect, the lines are perfect. Yeah, yeah, and, it, and it's buttoned up. So like when you Jimmy's saying like you know when you're coloring these blacks, like you got to be so sensitive when you have lines touching it, you don't want to go over. Like it's he 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 made trouble for himself, and I think this is one of those kinds of pages where you do it and you're having a good time, but in the pencil stage. But when it comes to ink time, you're you're like motherfuck me. Yeah. Like, well, like why'd I do this to myself? Yeah, that's another original I'd love to see. Totally. Kev keeps it going on the next page. So I guess, uh, you know, pure, pure masochist. It's incredible, you know? Like, again, if you're not at home having drawn stuff like this or tried to draw stuff like this, this is some of the hardest stuff, technically, that you'd pull off in ink. Playing with the French curve also. And also uh, having the circles, like, their own independent panels that's where he's saying, stopping those man. lines. It's... That is not an easy task. Yeah, really, really sharp technical drawing. And uh, Swamp Thing is toast, man. Swamp Thing is done. He he is dematerialized. He's no longer, he's no longer a part of uh, the green. And Batman is there to kind of shield Abby Cable's eyes. Uh, we have numerous figures. I think this guy might have been in that American Gothic story. Like there's that part where they deal with the kind of like voodoo priests and stuff. Got the hippie guy, got the um, nuke face fella, Gordon Burke and the crew. And there it is, they got him. So uh, from this point forward, Swamp Thing becomes a different comic. And uh, very rapidly, Alan Moore was interested in, in the weaving Swamp Thing into the DC universe. Uh, Bissette talks about that in, in, the, in the chat that we had with him very early on. There's the Justice League sequence and stuff. Uh, you notice Bissette's name ain't on this at all. They did the werewolf stuff. They did some vampire stuff. But Bissette, Bissette was done. And from this point forward, uh, like I said, he'll, he'll be going to Adam Strange world. And he's on other planets for 
almost the tenure, uh, the, the final back half of Alan Moore's run. Yeah, really interesting, that, that run and that shift in direction and stuff. And how much flexibility Swamp Thing turns out to be from like the writer's standpoint, where Alan Moore does get to do a bunch of these very different kinds of stories with this character, um, as an ending, as a comic book issue. You know, we often look at these things as like one issue out of a series or whatever. What a great issue in a lot of ways. And your ending, man, next with a question mark, fantastic. Like, doesn't it make you need to read the next issue? Yeah, it's so cool too, man. And like, so this is the next issue. There ain't no damn swamp thing up in this, right? And now there's like statues for him on the issue after that. Uh, you got Phantom Stranger, you got some of the other rogues gallery talking, but it's retrospective stuff. It's not really Swamp Thing. He's not in this issue either. So then two issues later, he manifests on the on the blue planet, my blue heaven. This is a different planet, and it becomes the science fiction kind of deal. Yeah, pretty cool. I, it's almost um, Dr. Manhattan, by the way. Right. You know, where he's kind of like re reforming stuff and creating vegetative uh, versions of his girl to try. It's 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 pretty good. What's the timeline there? Like, is that overlapping with Watchmen at that point? Like, you, do you, you think Dr. Manhattan's invaded his thoughts and is uh, influencing some of these ideas? Could be. These are coming out in 86. Yep. So right, right alongside. Always, always loved this cover. One of the iconic Swamp Thing covers, I think. I think it's in the beginning of one of those Swamp Thing movies where they pan up the Arkham Asylum. I was thinking about rewatching those. Yeah, that'd be that'd be kind of weird now. Wes Craven on the first one. On right? the first one, yeah, yeah, that, but but it's taken from more serious. It ain't that Heather Locklear joint. Could it go? Yep. Okay, Fabris, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. Kayfabe-tober is still upon us, and these are your drawing prompts. Do not run out of steam. Make sure that whenever you post these images, you gotta tag us, you gotta at us, you gotta let us know that these drawings exist so that we can share, retweet them as much as possible, signal boost your accounts, man, get you some more followers, and uh, we get to enjoy your creative work. We're a daily YouTube channel, and with more than 1,500 videos in our coffers, you might not have seen everything. Go hit the little magnifying glass on the front page of the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel, and I've noticed you guys have been doing that because we've been getting some comments on some pretty obscure videos, so thank you so much for uh, digging into the, the channel. Search for your favorite titles, check out those uh, comics, and uh, if we have not yet talked about your favorite comics yet, you must let us know. Put something in the comments so that we can push those comics a little bit higher on our to-read stacks. And whenever you find the favorite cartoonist or favorite comic book, share those videos. It's how we grow this channel. We're not buying advertising elsewhere. We rely on you guys to spread the good word. Yeah, good call, Jimmy. Uh, we have a Patreon that uh, you can su directly support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. The King Kayfabers on the Patreon are hanging out with us right now. They hang out with us uh, every morning when we uh, record our stuff, uh, they get a leg up on the kayfabe effect that way through the, this private stream. They have access to every video before anybody else. And we always record one extra video so that when uh, Jimmy and I decide to go on some travels, we can still keep the daily content coming. So as of this recording right now, there might be about 25 videos that Gen Pop has not seen. So you could take advantage of that before we put those videos out live. Ultimately, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make, and before you is a small sample of our bibliography, 
But Jimmy, let the people know what is coming out soon. My next book release is Street Angel, Princess of Poverty. This will be out in November from Image Comics. You can pre-order it now at your local comic shop or online, and we ask that you do that. This is an image book, and they need to know how many of these to print, so let them know that you want a copy. I am also self-publishing zines and comic books lately. You see the BW zine here, 1986, and True Crime Funnies featuring nonfiction stories. These are all available on my website, jimrug.com or patreon.com slash jimrug. And uh, October 26th, I'm going to have a big holiday fall sale where you can stock up on this stuff and some of my other zines and minis that you may have missed. Hulk Grand Design is my contribution to the Grand Design mythos. And basically out of print so if your comic shop has a copy and you don't you may want to pick that up sooner rather than later because marvel comics does not keep this stuff in print if you haven't picked up a hulk grand design yet they are getting more and more scarce so grab those now while you can october 17th the hip-hop family tree omnibus hits bookstores october 18th it hits comic shops scoop this up uh, about 75 percent of the print run has been accounted for so we're playing with slim margins of which books are available right at this moment. Uh, so scoop it up sooner than later. It's the best book I've made. It's the 10-year anniversary of Hip Hop Family Tree. It's the 50th anniversary of Hip Hop as a Culture. And it's gift-given time. It's time to start planning those Christmas presents. And uh, for the rap music lover in your life, especially if they don't know that this comic exists, it's going to blow their freaking minds. Uh, not the only holiday effort to come out in 2023. In November comes the X-Men Grand Design trade paperback. Uh, this is going to collect the trilogy of X-Men Grand Design comics that I put together. So when you're out there getting your orders for Street Angel Princess of Poverty, uh, go tell the shop that you want your, uh, your X-Men Grand Design trilogy trade paperback as well. Uh, the there are a couple out-of-print volumes of that so this will be your way to get them all inside of one handy paperback book the focus the past couple of years has been Red Room and there are three trade paperbacks of Red Room that will be out in total two are on the stands as we speak anti-social network and trigger warnings crypto killers is coming out in January and I do have to let you know that I've been uh, working on daily strips for the past uh, for the past year it's called Switchblade Shorties, and at my Patreon, you're going to be able to check those strips out before, before uh, I start to release them on a daily basis beginning January 1st, 2024. Thank you all who are supporting the uh, Patreon at that level and reading these strips well ahead of time. Uh, one of the gratifying things, Jimmy, is that uh, people are developing their favorite characters, which speaks to the ability to get different personality into those characters to get those characters over yes for sure so uh the books are the most important part to keeping the cartoonist kayfabe channel solvent and uh functioning but there are other ways to directly support cartoonist kayfabe and jimmy you could let the people know what those are subscribe to the cartoonist kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video you can also find cartoonist kayfabe t-shirts merchandise hats mugs stickers and more at our spread shop that link is also under this video in the show notes there you have it the many ways to support the cartoonist kayfabe channel we thank you for your patronage jimmy please give the people their final marching orders and we'll be on our way read more comics